And, uh, but really, though, thanks for being here. Um, being here today, I mean, showing, you know, being here today for this shows your desire to parent to the glory of God. Um, Steve's teaching is so excellent. Uh, so it's a great, I mean, you came, you came because you want to parent to the glory of God and you're getting the teaching you need. So it's a great, uh, a great start. Um, and we're not going to perfect our, our, uh, education, our approach to education as parents, but, um, engaging this way does bring glory to God. It strengthens your family. It positions your child better because you're being intentional. It builds up the church and it does shine a light in this world. So, uh, really well done. Thanks for being here. Um, what I'm going to share is, I believe, based on biblical principles and uh, principles of parenting, principles of godliness, wisdom principles, gospel principles. So I think what I'm going to share is along those lines and guided by it. But it's going to come out here more as narrative uh, from my experience. And, and I want to be really clear, I don't mean to communicate that my experience is authoritative. And so everything that I mention here, please uh, you know, think through um, its connection to scripture. Is it biblically based? Feel free to ask uh, and interact with. And of course, this goes for everything that you hear from anywhere, but, but certainly today as well. Okay. I am sorry Grace isn't here. Uh, she would be an excellent resource. I wish she was here. Um, but she's, she's got a, a, a migraine today. She has bouts of them. And by the grace of God, she's done much better in recent years. So we're, we're thankful. But I am sad she's not here. Okay, a quick disclaimer. Um, I am a fan of Christian schools. Uh, I'm a product of Christian schools. Uh, I do recognize, and I think we all should, as Steve said, I think it's something to reiterate, keep in mind as parents, there's no perfect schooling method. There's no perfect schooling you know, method choice. Schools, parents, teachers, kids, there's no, none of these categories is perfect. And there's no perfect Christian school. And I think it's just important to go into the topic with clarity on that. I think we're, when, when we're looking at you know, when we say something's not perfect, we, we, we even mean there may be some areas of concern. So the question becomes, you know, to what degree are those concerns? Or, or figuring out where are those concerns? What areas do those concerns lie in so that we can be especially aware of them? And those areas of concern or areas of encouragement are going to vary from school to school. And they're going to vary from year to year between the administration and the teachers that are there. Uh, so you got to keep that in mind. However, I did have a good, and I kind of have that in scare quotes, a good experience at Christian school, meaning I very much enjoyed it. Um, and I, and there, were, there was a lot of good that I got uh, in my Christian school experience. Um, I'm not as keen today on the Christian school I graduated from for various reasons. I think they've given into some social pressure um, and, uh, and lost some critical gospel clarity there's been uh that's, that's come through the years change of administration change in board members change in teachers uh there's still very good people there uh, i did go to uh, delaware county christian school i went there from fourth grade through uh 12th grade i graduated in 1988 and um that's in newtown square um you know closer to philadelphia um it's 
really different world for me. Um, you know, I was born in South Philadelphia, uh, very Italian section. We moved to the suburbs when I was, uh, I think I was, two, I was either one and a half or two and a half, you know, somewhere around two. And um, so I didn't really know life in South Philly. We moved to the suburbs and, um, you know, you, you have these, these movements. So the area we moved into had previously been a uh, very Protestant, you know, waspy neighborhood, white Anglo uh, Protestant. Uh, what's the, what's the, oh, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, wasp. Yeah. I, you guys know that phrase? You've heard that? You, you guys have. What's that? Dinks. What are dinks? Double, double income, income, no kids. <laughs> That's right. We were never double income. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but but you guys haven't heard wasps, have you? Used to that used to be a big term. Anyway, so you had all these Italians moving into Drexel Hill, and uh, and there you know there was there was an interesting environment there. Uh, but my home church and family were in South Philly. Uh, my home life was in Upper Darby, and some of our other family had lived there, so that was. Very comfortable, really good good spot at the time. But then my uh, parents sent us to a uh, Christian school on the main line, and this was kind of like um, it was kind of like upper uh, upper middle, definitely upper middle class and higher. In fact, one of my classmates, have you ever heard of the DeMoss family? Uh, they're a wealthy family, um, and uh, their their youngest daughter was in my class, Elizabeth. So um, it, was, it was funny because I would go to church and I was considered wealthy because we lived in the suburbs. And then I would go to school and I was considered poor <laughs> because we lived in Upper Darby. And uh, neither of those extremes were, were right, but uh, it's just a funny experience, kind of a broad experience. Uh, identity crisis in the No, I mean, a little bit, a little bit it did because... Um, you know, at church I was like kind of everybody else, but at school we, I was one of a few Italians, mm-hmm. and uh, and Pentecostals for that matter, uh, and so we were kind of a novelty on campus, which was an interesting experience as well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, I had a good experience, and I'll, I'll share a little bit more with you about that here. Um, we also sent three of our children to Lancaster County Christian School. Uh, we have generally had a good experience there. I'm generally quite happy with them, even though there are some concerns. Um, having said that, uh, also through my own experience and, th- and through my children's, I see some weaknesses in the Christian schooling approach. And some of those weaknesses were parallel in my own experience in the 80s, late 70s and into the 80s, as they are with my children's, in the 20 teens, you know, uh, now 2020s. Although we're, there are, none of them are in Christian school now. Um, so that's interesting. There were some, there are some parallel weaknesses. And I think we can learn some things and we can be aware uh, through, that, through these experiences, although we want to make sure we're, you know, biblically, uh, we're based in biblical truth in our, uh, encouragements and criticisms. That's, that's what we want to do. So, uh, I'm going to take this in a simple pro and con format. Um, I'm trying to move a little bit so that um, 
if we have if we want to have some time for conversation. Plus, I don't want to be the last one standing. I'd rather I'd rather get you guys like the benefit of, of being a little bit shorter. But having said that, if I'm um, you know if I'm uh, you know kind of lecturing here, but if you have a question as I'm going, feel free to just wave at me because I do think this is a good setting to just you know have a conversation. Even though we want to try to tape it as well or tape it, record it. <laughs> or recording it as well. Okay, so pros of Christian schooling, and they're going to be way more than I put here, probably cons too, but I uh, I, I thought of four mainly. Um, first and foremost, Bible teaching. Uh, you get Bible teaching at the Christian school, and you get generally systematic Bible teaching at the Christian school. Now, what's nice about that is your kids get to know the Bible more, and that's that's awesome. And so my own experience was... In, in, the, in my home, my dad, uh, from the earliest ages, we were, we were doing devotions as a family. I learned, uh, or I practiced reading on the Bible, so my dad would have me read during devotions. Um, and we would, you know, we would cover good portions of the Bible. A lot of times we were in Psalms or Proverbs, but especially when I was younger, we did a lot of stories, a lot of narratives, Gospels, Old Testament stories. Acts, um, and a lot of education's happening in that, just in the home. But then I would go to church, and we had Sunday school, and so we had Sunday school, and and we would, you know, Sunday school is almost entirely based on stories, at least ours was. Um, they don't generally get into the letters, or you know, sort of, uh, um, you know, eschatological you know, stuff, and uh, they're generally doing narratives. And, 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 and sometimes they might not be uh, pointing that to Christ as fully as they should, but there was a benefit in just sort of broadly knowing the Bible. Then I would go into church, this is weekly, and the pastor would preach. And I would fall asleep usually, but I was still getting something out of it. Then I would go to my Christian school, and we, in our Bible class, we would get more, um, and again, usually, especially in the younger ages, stories, the narratives. But the great thing about that, and, and then I remember times when I was getting the same Bible stories in Sunday school as I was getting in at, 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 um, at school. And it was just a great, I mean, that, that cross-training, um, I... I really knew the Bible. I mean, I felt like at a young age I could say I know everything in there. I don't mean I don't mean that I incorporated and believed and lived out everything in there. I just mean generally speaking, if you told a story or made a comment, I could tell you where it was from, like what story it was involved in, generally what book, you know, that kind of thing. So you get to know the Bible, um, and. Um, that's a real strength of the Christian school. Now, when they get into teaching theology uh, from the Bible, that can be a different story and something to think about. Not, not even saying I'm not saying right off the bat they're wrong. You know, they're going to do it poorly. I'm just saying that's that's something you have to look at. at. But in, just in terms of a child's knowledge of the Bible, this can be a real strength of the Christian school. And it is funny because there was a time, my parents talk about it, and I, I didn't know that about Steve and his public school growing up, but there was a time the public schools used the Bible, which of course makes perfect sense because it's the greatest piece 
It's the most ancient piece. It's the most historic piece. It's the most reliable piece of ancient literature in the entire universe. How can the schools not use the Bible? But they don't. They don't teach the story. They don't even teach the stories out of the Bible. So generally speaking. Okay. So Bible teaching. Christian schooling can be a plus there. Um, even, even to some degree, depending on how you approach homeschooling, uh, it can help you there um, as well. All right, so secondly, a pro of Christian schooling is generally a decent standard of education, sometimes higher standards of education, and um, that obviously depends. Like uh, some public schools do a, a decent job or a really good job. I think in general, Christian schools do better for a, no, a number of reasons. My Christian school was excellent academically. I was a poor student. But it was excellent academically. And what was interesting is when I went to college, um, I experienced that even though I was a poor student, I, I did better in college than many. And I think a lot of it was due to the better quality education I was getting. And I do think, in general, Christian schools are going to honor traditional subjects. This is something to be aware of. I, that's why I say generally or usually, usually. Usually they're honoring that idea of reading, writing, and arithmetic. Like, you know, what do we go to school to learn? Well, it's, you know, it shouldn't be the social sciences, especially according to all the ridiculous theories there are today. It should be, you know, the basics and, um, you know, your maths and your languages. Um, which, frankly, is helping you learn how to learn and, and gives you access to everything else to, that you could possibly learn. If you get the languages and the maths, you pretty much, and, and then of course you want history, but you want, it, you, you want it straight. You don't want the revised stuff. Nevertheless, I think generally you get a better standard of education in a Christian school. Now, if you're comparing it to homeschooling, that depends, right? Um, and there are many factors. So uh, a lot of times I think homeschoolers may excel in certain ways, but maybe not in others. And one of them that's a big challenge uh, for in our homes is, is structure and order. And um, that's, by the way, I don't mean you even to say, like, if, there, if that is a struggle, which it always was for us to some degree, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, there's, there's, there are very good lessons to be learned in flexibility and spontaneity, right? But generally speaking, if you're trying to work your way through a course load, you, you know, you, you need order to get that done. So, um, uh, so there's things about school, Christian school, that provide a decent standard of education in some ways, maybe a higher one. Um, also, when it, you know, in comparison, not obviously, not obviously in comparison to homeschooling, but in comparison to government schooling, um, there's a better, there's a better uh, teacher-student ratio. Classes are generally smaller. And, um, and that enables uh, some potentially good benefits. I think most schools, if not all schools, they're going to have their standout teachers. And then probably their concerned te you know, teachers that you're not so thrilled about. And in my school growing up, I had two teachers I really admired and appreciated. Uh, one of them was named uh, Chris Maffitt, not that it matters, but um, uh, we, we, 
he took an interest in the young men in a in a really godly way. Like it wasn't, you know, you you have to worry about that when you see that today. But um, you know, it was the way it should have been. And um, just talking with us and 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 you know, laughing with us, sharing stories with us, but also calling us to godliness. Uh, the other teacher I really respected in high school uh, was Warren Betcher. And uh, Warren, with that relationship, would go on to be the reason I'm in, at this church. And, um, and that came about because of the Christian school. So, you know, generally you, you, have this, you have a potential to have good teachers. I've experienced that with LCCS as well. There are teachers we really appreciate. Some teachers we didn't appreciate as much, but uh, our kids were able to connect with and benefit from those teachers. And it warmed our hearts to hear about their engagements. Okay, and then, um, you know, in terms of a standard of education, um, I mean, this isn't rocket science, but Christian schools generally give more opportunity for extracurricular activities. And I think they're superior in, in one way to both public schools and, at least in one way to both public schools and homeschooling. So with homeschooling, you know, homeschooling just can't compete with the amount of activities, extracurricular activities, which are generally music, drama, you know, theater, art, you know, kind of the arts or athletics. And generally homeschooling can't directly compete with what a school can offer. Well, why is that? Well, because all the kids are gathered in one place and you can bring those specialties in, um, you know, obviously a coach or a, uh, a piano teacher or a band or whatever. And, and, and then you can have, you know, the kids can get involved in actually multiples of those. And, um, you know, this could, I mean, this can be a weakness too, right? Because in our child-centric world, which is frankly selfish, it's, it's, it's really self-centered. I want my kids to benefit me. Uh, we, we can overemphasize these extracurricular activities. So I'm not speaking to that right now, which is a concern. I'm just saying in general, like, the, the, the ability to connect your kids with things that might interest them and be useful life skills. I mean, team sports is, it's an excellent way to learn certain life skills. Lots of character lessons. And, uh, and certainly on the musical side or, the, or the, the art side as well. And so, you know, you just, you have this, you have options. Now, the public school, of course, has even more options and I know with homeschooling you can you can you can get involved but it's just harder because you're you're having to travel to every single thing and it's and, and it's not necessarily gathered in one place and when you have multiple children and you're homeschooling multiple children now you're trying to do that multiple times so that's that's where you know if your kids are at the school the Christian school there's there's some options there with public school they may have more options um, they usually have more options Usually Christian schools don't have football teams, for instance. It's just, you know, too expensive and, and requires too many kids. But, um, but what also happens is because there are so many kids in the public school, there's generally less opportunity to make it on a particular sports team or to, or to participate in a theatrical, you know, event. Uh, and and they, they find a way to get the kids in there. It's just... It's like, you know, if you have a hundred kids and there's one 
leading role. Um, the chance that your kid will ever get to play in that leading role once over four years is much less than if there's 20 seniors, you know, and uh, and there's a chance, you know, there's a chance. Now, I don't know that we should make it our kids' goals to be, you know, get the leading role. I'm, I'm just trying to make a point. You know what I'm saying? There are five guys that get to play on the bas- on the men's, men's basketball team at a given time. You know, if you've got a thousand guys vying for that <laughs> versus, you know, 15, and you already know you're more athletic than 14 of them, like, you're going to be all right. So, and, and then the thing about that is if you get in the game and you get to play, you get more experience where you would never get that potentially in the public school. You get the idea. Uh, there's a potential benefit there. Um, a fourth, or rather a third pro of Christian schooling is the potential of better friends for your kids. And I really want to emphasize... Um, that word potential. I'm not at all guaranteeing it or even saying it's probable. It really depends. But the reason I say this is because uh, in my own experience and in my kids' experience, there were some nice parallel connections. So um, in my own experience, my my friend group, um, they weren't, they weren't really spiritual at all, in terms of, in terms of our Christian life. There wasn't a lot of positive going on, but they were generally obedient and respectful to their parents. Not that they wouldn't sneak out and do things, you know, but generally speaking, um, they they weren't uh, doing drugs or getting drunk. Um, immorality was generally in check. Um, you know, the, 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 the big sort of life-concerning directions that peers can, can dramatically influence um, weren't at the forefront in my peer group. And that was a grace. That was God's grace. You know, I, I, I don't think many kids can say that. And, and the challenge is, um, there are a lot of kids like that. There's a lot of kids that aren't, you know, careening down these sort of, you know, uh, life, you know, sort of self-destructive pathways that will just, you know, enslave them for the next 20 to 30 years until they, you know, and then you're, you know, dragging your kid with them or something like that. But it does happen. And I think there's, generally speaking, less of a chance of that happening in Christian school. Having said that, I knew I knew peer groups that I wasn't a part of in my Christian school that did have, you know, um, drunkenness was would be like a priority to them. You know, like I didn't get it, but that's what they were into. And um, and so you know you want to you want to be mindful of that. But the the point I'm getting at is in general, you're hoping these kids are coming from at least, uh, uh, you know, two parent families that are functioning at a basic Christian level. <laughs> and so and so you're hoping for a, a somewhat a better quality of friend. Um, I also think um, now now I want to especially compare that obviously to public you know gov- public or government schools. The, the thing the nice thing probably about government schools is there's so many kids that if you're 
child has a challenge connecting, they may they may find a friend group there that's that's really good. The other side of that is they may find a friend group that you know you have no knowledge of their background or what their family like life is like at all, and and who you know who knows what what uh, influences could be going on in in that scenario. And I know we can't shelter our kids from everything. That's not the point. The point is though to be responsible as a parent and to uh, provide appropriate protection. Uh, but um, even with homeschooling, that I think there's some strength to the Christian school here because if you know, I, I want one of the one of the blessings of homeschooling is you you can point your kids to the church as their primary social environment and community, and that's really glorious because that's what the Bible says the, the church is. The Bible says that for a Christian, the church is our community. That's where we put our relational efforts primarily outside of our direct families. So there's a, there's a nice consistency there in homeschooling. But with the Christian school, one of the nice things is if they can have a few good friends there and have a few good friends at church, now you've broadened out their uh, kind of their, their, their relational experience and it will give them contrast and compare opportunities. Um, and of course, that's not always true, but there, I think there's some opportunity there. And then a fourth pro of Christian schooling, I'll just mention it here, is the potential, again, the potential of social issues being engaged with to some degree of biblical principle. And so, um, you know, for instance, this was really a great thing at LCCS. I, I appreciate their principal, Nate Long. Now, I haven't, I haven't talked to him for over a year, but... Um, you know, we're going through COVID, right? We're going through COVID. And, um, you know, we started, you know, it took us a couple months to get our, uh, maybe, maybe four to six weeks to start getting our footing. Like, what's going on here? It's like, oh, you know what? Everyone's not dying. You know, they're talking about this like everyone's going to die. Like, everyone's not dying. So there's your first clue that maybe the narrative isn't quite as um, integrous as they make it sound, you know? And you you know you start you thinking these things through, and so we're, you know, we're opening the church, and we're not requiring masking, uh, we're not requiring social distancing. You know, we're, you know, we start by meeting outside, and still not a, you know, it's like nobody's dying, and and the, you know, my dad should have died. He got COVID. He should have died. He didn't die, um, and uh, yeah, it's you know, people have died, but we weren't seeing that on mass. You know, you'd think you'd see at least ten percent. Oh, oh, the population die with the way they're talking. Anyways, uh, we're we're starting to get our head around it. Now, I, I simplified, I reduced that whole thing to just make it as simple as possible. We're starting to get our head around the nuances of what's going on. Well, then you know the school year comes around and they're masking. You know they're doing all the things, and you know you just know this is just a terrible. You, you begin to realize, like, okay, we're made in the image of God. You know, here's what we're standing on. You know, we're not supposed to cover the face. God gave us faces for a reason. And we're not supposed to live like that. Like, we're not supposed to be in, in, in perpetuity with our face covered. Especially in such a ludicrous idea. Like, here's a piece of paper. Put this on your face. All your problems will go away. It's like, this is ridiculous. This is, But at any rate, um, they're doing that at school. And, of course, we're... We're, we're not, our approach is not to go around denouncing everybody for if, if they're approaching COVID and, uh, along with the government narrative and 
the media narrative and, and, and they're disagreeing with us. Like we're, our first approach isn't like to denounce people. Our, our approach is to understand and to work with and, and to you know, pray, pray for and hope for better understanding over time. Well, eventually I went and talked to Nate Long, the principal, and uh, it was just such a good conversation. I mean, he very much was with us. Uh, he helped me understand better the predicament they were facing. And he made this comment to me. He said, listen, I, 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 came, to, I came to the conclusion that if we have a strange year, we'll have a strange year. We'll just go ahead and do that. But after this year, um, we're not doing that anymore. And sure enough, you know, they, they, weren't, they weren't overly rigorous. Some teachers were more rigorous than others, so students could get away with not masking all day, and, 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 and it wasn't like this overly rigorous thing. But then the next school year rolled around, and, and they weren't at all. No masking, no social distancing. It was back to normal. And that was a big deal because a lot of the rest of the world was still using those COVID protocols that are, are frankly destructive to the human dignity and the human soul. Um, and so I appreciated that. So there was a, there's a social issue, maybe not handled exactly in the way I would have handled it, but handled with, with a greater degree of biblical principle than you see in the world. Now, it can go the other way as well. And that's something to be aware of. But I do think in general, Christian schools, by, by virtue of being a Christian school, there's an opportunity, there's the potential of, uh, you know, having some good dealings uh, in regard to social issues. So I'll give you another quick example, because I think these examples are helpful in our time. There was a, oh, you know, it's heartbreaking. There's a couple of young ladies in the, a few years back in the eighth grade um, and they were they were saying that they're bisexual, and I, I'm quite certain they didn't really even comprehend fully what that meant. Um, but for whatever reason, they weren't getting clear biblical training. Their their fathers were not calling them to uh, biblical truth that could that could clarify and save their uh, save them from much distress and destruction. And uh, and this was going on in the school. And I think I probably would have acted more quickly than the school did. Um, although I do think, you know, um, compassion for those families and the brokenness in those families and the issues of those families was part of the, uh, of the, the thought process of the school. I mean, they're not a church, but, they're, but obviously this is unacceptable. You can't have these two girls walking around holding hands and essentially um, uh, advertising for um, homosexuality. And so um, they did get to the place where uh, this wasn't going to be allowed, and they didn't allow them to come back the next year. And so again, I, I, I probably would have handled it a little differently myself, a little more quickly, maybe a lot more quickly. Nevertheless, there was some degree of biblical principle that guided their directions their direction, and I appreciate that. So there's some pros. Maybe I'll just take a quick uh, quick uh, pit stop here and see if you guys, um, man, I'll <laughs> a quick pit stop, and, and uh, we'll have some questions or discussion, and then I'll go into the cons that I've got here. I'm laughing because my, uh, this is the second time my watch face, I don't, you probably can't see it, has been changed. 
to like this this thing that's like, what is that? Yeah, exactly. And and I realized that um, I was holding my grandson, and I hold him out because he wants to. He gets you know he wants to see what's going on, and, and he was you know he does all this and he doesn't know what he's doing. But the second time now he's changed my watch face, and I'm like, look at he he's advanced. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, any thoughts about what I've said? Any questions? And, and, and by the way, if you want to add a pro for the sake of everybody here, feel free. I know the Mosers go to LCCS. Um, yeah, so they might have some thoughts for little Josie. <laughs> or the Her Clan. Yeah. Do you have children with It's great you guys are already doing yeah. this. Excellent. Mm -hmm. It's a lot to think about. Oh yeah, yeah. Weird. <laughs> you were a, you were an athletic star, weren't you? What did you play? Soccer. Say, I was like with the sporting thing. Yeah. To be honest, I am like oh, so we were able to play. Yeah, play. Yeah. I like that I went to public school. Yeah. And like I think I have, and Derek did the same. Like, right. I played for public school, you know, some schools. Yeah. So would have that like, oh yeah, then you get to you get to play with yeah. The, yeah. the more broad mm -hmm. kids. I yeah. Tennis, soccer, and tennis. Yeah. And those are like some of my best memories of playing right. sports, you know. Sports I love it, yeah. But but you were good though too, right? For like C V. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's as I say, it's a very Yeah, yeah. Tennis is an individual sport. Right. So it just happened to be, which was yeah. I thought like it was really kind of God to allow me like there were no prodigy kids in when I was there. Yeah, so right, right. There was when I was a freshman. Ah. But then by the time there were like none of us that were like so I didn't like go on. Uh -huh. I just was good for speed. Like I was able to be, yeah, That's awesome in my book. Star yeah. And have that memory. Yeah. Go ahead, Josh. You're gonna. I, I was in track and field. I won it. Blue ribbons and all my. But I'm looking back. It's like, who was the competition? <laughs> <laughs> but man, your self-esteem went through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's interesting too is that um, Derek uh, played on a public school team. Yeah. He's also the youngest, her. So um, probably BG and, and Ken were able to give a little more attention. Uh, it's, it is, that's something I always <laughs> can always feel a little guilty about because Hannah and Hope. They didn't get near the amount of attention, you know. Part of it is because we were young parents and new. Uh, and, and part of that was like, you know, you just feel so overwhelmed. The kids just keep coming. <laughs> so, uh, so there's, there's, you know, things change, you know. And, and we, you know, our approach has always been every year with each child we evaluate what do we want to do. And I do think at the different seasons you're at as a parent gives you some 
you know, it gives you some, um, it changes for you too. Like, what am I capable of? You know, and that can help dictate to some degree, or, or it's a factor in how you approach these methods as well. Pretty good at that. We have four kids, and we've been at LCCS for 10 years now, actually, because okay. they did. Carl, this is just finishing eighth, and he's been there since pre-K and kindergarten. Um, so Carl, this is an eighth, and this is first grade. He's finishing the school year. So, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of, we've had a lot of experiences. We can echo a lot of the, mm-hmm. the pros of what you shared. Um, kind of just what sticks out <clears throat> is that you know that when you send your kids to the school, that generally speaking, you're with other families and there's other children who have the same mindset. Mm-hmm. Because it really is, it's a big financial investment. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. schools are really good at giving, you know, they want everyone to apply for a grant, anything to qualify for grants. It's a big investment. And so just that starting point of, you know, we're most likely here with other families that have the same mindset right. and the same goals for sending your kids to Christian school. So that's really comforting. So you feel like the, the pool of friends that they choose from, which we I feel like maybe didn't really become a thing until we're like, fourth grade. Mm. Before that, everyone, you know, they're at that age where they're just playing with everyone. Yeah, yeah. Little, yeah. You're not as invested as in the older grades, like, uh, you know, six, seven, and eight, or sixth grader, all the way to grader, past three years have been a lot more heavy attention and discussion with parents and even school leadership about the behavior of children. And, yeah. and so, like, the pool of friends becomes smaller because yeah. the classes are smaller. And so, that can be good and bad, yep. you know, like if there's some kids who are pretty disruptive and you don't really want your kids associated with them, it's harder to avoid them. Mm-hmm. And our sixth graders in that right now, there's some some children who, <clears throat> I don't want to get into the cons so much, we haven't gone yeah. there yet, but right. the, the vetting process hasn't been so great. You're taking my whole outline. Sorry. No, you're not, you're good, keep going. But yeah, essentially just that, like, yeah. so, but it is helpful to take it season by season. It was really freeing because I'm the type of person like I'm starting something I'm gonna finish it. Yeah. So if we're gonna start this, we're gonna go all the way. Yeah. That's naturally how I am, but it was really freeing because we've actually done we've done private, we had a year of public all along, and we did a year of Rebecca, mm. which I never thought we would do. Like I, I'm like we're gonna start this way, we're gonna go, but circumstances change, and it's really freeing right. to be right. like you know what, Lord's gonna guide us, and we really can take each child each year. Yeah. And just see how it goes. And uh, this time of year, when it's time to register, because registration starts early, that kind of sneaks up on you. Yes. Like January, February, like, mm. oh, you gotta register, but mm-hmm. you're not going to school till the fall. Yeah. Um, but it's good to, to just, like us husband and wife, just get together and just, you know, as you know, your children are growing and just reevaluate. Yeah. I personally yeah. that's very freeing to be like, there's options. And in Lancaster County or wherever yes. there are great options. Yeah. There are great yeah. options. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. yeah. As a product of homeschooling, I, one of the benefits I see. Christian school is it's kind of um, <clears throat> integral to what we want to accomplish as Christians and Christian worldview. You have your instruction at home, you have your instruction at yeah. church. And if you're not gifted in teaching, I love my mom, but she was not gifted mm. in every subject. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can then plug them into the Christian school, which is also an incubator for what you're trying to accomplish from a biblical Christian worldview. Um, so there is that benefit of well, you generally can trust what you're plugging into is going mm-hmm. to be a continuation of what you want to accomplish at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now more than ever, which going to college, you have to be engaged with that whole process. Yeah. You can't just plug and play and say, oh, mm-hmm. they're going to have a great day. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is really good. And because it is a smaller school and it is a Christian school, we know that, you know, right off the bat, there should be that open communication. Like, as Christians, mm-hmm. we need to be honest with each other and there has to be that vulnerability 
and there should be trust. And that means that you should be able to go to like administration and have all the hard conversations that you need to. Um, but, you know, what was I going to say? Sorry, I totally lost my train of thought. You're one of the cons. Hold, hold on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Still my thunder, man. But, um, yeah. However, however you're old, like you're old, like you're saying they're like, because I, I have a question about like relationships. You touched on like school friends and church friends. Yeah. yeah. And I'm only based on my own experience. Like, I, yeah. my main group was church. So, yeah. I look back at my, I went to CD for high school, so elementary was a little bit different. But I look back and think, oh, I was very like, I was very scared of the public. Like mm-hmm. I very much like sheltered myself mm-hmm. from potential friendships because, I, but I didn't need it because I had so many friends at church, mm-hmm. and that would have been similar for for Vincent. So us too, but Sarah, Alyssa, like she had a good Christian group. In the yeah, school. yeah. And I think I'm just from my own experience. I'm like, oh, <laughs> in a private school, like oh, they're gonna have, they might have, they might have deeper friendships that aren't from church. Oh, what do I think of that? Like just because that wasn't my experience, mm-hmm. I think I need to like have a different. Yes. Come over to our house, like, hang out. Our kids, can, like friends, can sleep over. We have double standards. Our kids cannot sleep over someone else's house. Mm-hmm. You can sleep at our house, like, but just getting to know the kids, you interact with the kids, you pretty quickly get to learn. Um, and then of course, getting trying to get to know the families. But um, I would say for our two oldest, actually for all our kids, it's the opposite. Like their close friends are from school, and it's natural. I mean, they hang out together. All day, mm-hmm. they're experiencing things together the hard, the good, the bad, the ugly, yeah, yeah. and that really does bond children together, just like right. with adults. But I would say that over the past few years, when we started to see some issues with the school friends and the dynamics, and our kids really trying to be like, like this person really wants to be friends with their mom, but I don't think they're a good influence. Like I don't wow. like things that they say. They're inappropriate. They'd say they're inappropriate, mom. It's inappropriate. And we're like, wait a minute, what's going on? Like, there's inappropriate things going on in the classroom. At a Christian school, need to know. Yeah. Um, but you know, I feel like I'm thankful that our kids had their filters and they were able to be like, and we tried to teach them like, listen, it's okay for you to say to that kid, like, and be kind to them, respectful, but don't engage with them in ways that would invite them in to be like a close friend. Like, if you need to be kind to them, but it's okay to keep them at arm's length. Um, but I would say Caleb, our oldest, he was experiencing some issues with bullying at the school mm. last year in seventh grade, and then he he has friends at church that hang, he hangs out with once in a while, but they're definitely not as close. He would say things like, "Mom, I see a difference in kids at school than at church." So he would see the integrity of the children at, at church, mm-hmm. and just like if I'm hanging out with him, I would never have to worry about. Of course, the other side, but yeah. like he just like I could hang out with him, and I wouldn't have to worry about that wow. language or them saying inappropriate things or any of that. So he felt like, wow, I really do see a distinction. Mm-hmm. 
One of the beautiful things that, in just your, what you're saying here, is it's obvious that your boys are talking to you, and that is that is huge. You know, uh, obviously Lydia and Josh have cultivated that, and that is one of the strengths in general. It, it's the opportunity of homeschooling, as you get to spend that relational time. So maybe that's part of what's in their background is that they've had that relationship with you and they're saying these things to you. It's really beautiful. Yeah, they are, but we do have to. Sure. There's other things we found out through other parents that are children. Sure. And that's because kids are different. Sometimes things will happen and some kids, it's a big thing. It's very impressionable to kids and other kids are like, yeah. they can process it and blow it off on their own and they don't even dare mention it because yeah. it's not a big deal. And I found out this book and then I have to go back. Yeah, yeah. I need you guys, but checking in, yeah. We Good. Do, I check in. Let me, um, I'll go into the cons, but I do want to make a comment to. Oh yeah, yeah. Part of the, um, the part of the idea of evaluating every year, each kid every year, what might be the best approach for them, and, which includes, by the way, your situation as a family and what you can afford. Obviously, that's part of it. Um, it part of that evaluation is is it better for them to remain on this track, you know, like the. The, the steadiness of it, the reliability of it, the, their own their knowledge of it at this point, uh, would it be more disruptive, you know, unhelpfully disruptive to change course? So that's got to be part of it too, because I do think in general, you know, providing a steady home with um, pre- like the, the the appropriately predictable things about life is a blessing to a family. And families that are always moving, they generally, you know, it's God, you know, God can use that too, but in general, that's not the best approach. You know, I think you want to settle in, kind of bloom where you're planted. Uh, but there's definitely time to make a change, you know, and so we, we've done that as well. I'm going to get into, uh, yeah, kind of what you said for a pro, um, sin's going to happen. Right. Generally, in a Christian school, you can, they get to see sin played out from a biblical worldview. How do you deal with offense? How do you deal with sin? Whether yeah. it's drinking or name-calling or bullying. How, how do Christians deal with this and kind of models? Right. They can, generally, in a good way, model that. Yeah. I think the potential is definitely there. Yeah. And and when you... You know, sometimes it's disappointing because right. it, it, it should be there and it's not. But when it is, it's it's a joy, you know, and, and it can happen. So, um, Faith... And Felicity uh, and Sion, well, especially Faith and Felicity, had good, good, solid friends at school, um, and we 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 appreciated that and benefited from it, you know. And they still are friends, but this relational thing I'm going to get into a little bit now is a con, and this is I think one of these big parallel things I've seen between my own experience and my kids. And that's the orientation of young hearts. And I think this can be true. You know, wherever, wherever anyone is getting their identity from, they kind of identify, like, this is my community. Community is a big buzzword these days. It's, it's a good word, but, you know, it gets overused. Um, any community environment, uh, it, it can be good or bad. Um, but it seems like the Christian school is especially marked by this um, kind of small world type of thing and that what happens in that world it's um a pretty closed environment i think in part is because the classes tend to be smaller and i also think part of what's going on is that um 
like any institution, the school is very vested in its own survival, and so it does things that promote itself. And um, I'm not, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm not calling that out as evil or something like that. It's just, it's a dynamic we need to be aware of so that we can have that institution in the right place in our thinking. Many parents fall into this. You know, Grace and I would always comment, you know, it just seemed like some of the parents, their world was the school. Mm-hmm. And we never could, I'm, my parents certainly didn't treat my Christian school like that, and we, we haven't treated LCCS that way. Although we went to tons of games and events or whatever. But it's just like, you know, this isn't, this isn't our life. You know, our, our, our church is our community. It's our family and our church. It's not... And, and the school, you know, is a service we're paying for. And um, it, it has a certain function, but it's certainly not there to replace the family or the church. But the problem is, without some clarity on this, it can functionally replace uh, family and church. And, um, you know, just to be clear, a Christian school is not a church. There are not, they're not necessarily rightly proclaiming the gospel. Hopefully they are, but that's a true mark of a church. Another true mark of a church is the practice of church discipline. Well, they're not, they're not really doing that. You know, you know they, don't, they don't have ordained elders to make sure that um, the sacraments are being rightly ordered. Bless you. And, uh, and, and, but the problem is, again, functionally, and, and with a lot of lack of clarity on what a church is and what it's not, people can kind of approach this as this is the priority. And um, a Christian school is a para-church uh, institution. And, um, and you've got to keep that in mind. And, and, and a Christian school should be, it should be self-consciously aware that that's what it is. And that's what it should be. And I think most Christian schools don't think that way because they're just thinking about survival. And I think it is hard for Christian schools to survive, by the way. It's a challenge. So um, just keep that in mind. It's something to understand. Um, and I, I don't mean to say it's all wrong for them to promote themselves or something like that. It's just, it's just something to be aware of. But all of that, uh, along with the you know indwelling sin and the, the typical dynamics of peer pressure, can create a culture where the, where the young person, especially the teen, is tempted to see their place in that community as the primary thing in life, maybe even the only thing in life. The, they're, they're, the people in their little world become the loudest voices. You know, we often refer to this as peer pressure. Everybody experiences it in every environment. I'm just wondering if there's something about those dynamics that make it even stronger, that become the loudest voices. Those relationships are the ones that matter almost exclusively and how one is thought of in that community tends to rank as highest priority in a lot of these kids' minds. Now, I think there, there might be other dynamics in there. That it, it, I think it's more nuanced than I'm making it. So your child may or may not have that experience. What I can tell you is that when I was in Christian school from 4th to 12th grade, my allegiance to my friends was everything. And I wouldn't have said that, you know, it's not like I would have said that. And I was going to church and I was with my family, but um, if I ever had a choice or an impulse or if I could get away with it, it was always 
towards school. And um, my, not school, but school friends. And um, even though I knew certain things were wrong, certain priorities weren't good, um, I accepted and engaged those influences and uh, probably was unhelpfully influential in those ways myself to, to kind of cultivate, like, we are the voices that matter. And um, it's something to be aware of. You know, um, Faith only was one year at LCCS, and I, I don't think it really touched her too much. Phyllis was there four years, and definitely by the end, there, we, there were people in her friend group that we really appreciated and families that, in her friend group that we really appreciated. But we did see this allegiance to her school friend group that at times was in competition uh, you know, the church is boring in comparison to life with friends. And um, I'm saying that as a general, uh, a generalization. Um, and then with Siana, um, Siana is very interesting because um, I, don't, I, I don't think she appreciated all the pressures of that. You know, she's in, she's in the popular group. Um, She's, you know, thought well of, um, she's involved, but it just seemed like she was unhappy, and, and yet she didn't want to separate from the friend group, and yet she seemed unhappy in it. And I thought, isn't that, isn't that so interesting, and, and the way a, a child's soul can work? I think there are some elements of being a girl that, that make it particularly sensitive, but nonetheless, this was was how it was going for her. And so, um, uh, we, you know, we, she was there four years in a row. And, um, and so, um, I'm, I'm just jumping around in my, uh, notes here a little bit. So, um, we thought, you know what, we, we started to think about would it be better to take Siana out to disrupt this sort of powerful force. And Grace was especially aware of sort of her unhappiness. Now, she was happy plenty of the time, you know, don't misunderstand. But there was just something about relating at school that was burdensome for her. And, you know, trying to assess, like, is this her... Is it a weakness in her character? Is there some laziness or lack of... Uh, willingness to engage people, like what's going on here? And uh, Grace started to think maybe we should bring her home. And I wasn't real excited about that at first because, um, yikes, because uh, she was doing great with basketball and volleyball, and I loved that she had those. And she seemed to thrive with those things too. And I knew it'd be hard to replace them to some degree. But uh, eventually we thought, you know what, this is more important uh, that she's connecting with us and the church and, and, and also that we kind of get to the bottom. And, and what it was is in her peer group, like the girl who was like kind of her best friend um, also was, um, it's not like she's a, you know, a terrible person or something, but not necessarily the best influence. And... There, there, there seemed to be these 
kind of relational games and dynamics and um, and and it was just not a happy settling place for for Siana and what was fascinating is we took her out and she would have never said take me out of school it was a tough decision like and she we, we were talking to her about it for months you know sweetheart we're thinking maybe next year you stay home what do you think of that you know and talked to her about it and little by little as we came to the decision, I was saying, you know, I think we're leaning toward having you at home. And then she started to throw up, like, like all along, she's like open. But then as soon as we start moving toward a decision, she starts to throw up, I don't want to do that. Now, had we gone the other way and said, you know, we think you're going back, I think she would have been saying, you know, I'm not sure I want to do that. So it's like, this is the way it is in leadership and decision-making. You know, there's, and there's always buyer's remorse, like, you know, but, you know, you go out and you, you buy something nice and, like, what happens? You know, within a few minutes, you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that, you know. And, and the grass, you know, the grass seems greener. Before you got it, you're like, you're sure you want to do it? Then after you got it, you're like, maybe I shouldn't have done that. And, and so you kind of, as a, as, a, as a leader, you know, you prepare for that dynamic. You recognize that's going to happen. And that's why you want to be careful when you make the decision. You want to you stand firm. If you if you are, have conviction that that's the right way to go as parents and trust that God will give you grace, and so we made the decision, and sure enough, within about six, even less than six weeks, well, right away we saw, she seemed it seemed like right away the burden was off her back, and occasionally we talk about it, she's like, oh, you know, I think I should go back to school, and we're like, we're saying to her things like, can't you see you're happier, <laughs> and um, and little by little she began to realize that. And she's really been enjoying um, the flexibility, getting to be with her niece and nephew. She helps out a lot with that. She's with Grace all the time, and they're having conversations. Where she's she's in that um, early teenage period where a lot of bad attitudes are coming out at times. We're right there to address that and to talk with her about it, and, you know. And um, and so it's. I think we did the right thing. I think we disrupted. Um, kind of this unhelpful spiritual dynamic that we weren't really successfully addressing and kind of reconnected her, especially with grace. And, um, and, and so what we're thinking is maybe we'll do another year at home. We're not really sure. Uh, we wouldn't mind seeing her go back to LCCS, but we're also thinking maybe another year at home and then maybe back to LCCS. And just so you all know, our, our process in the whole schooling thing is like, well, I won't get. I won't take time. With, I won't take time with that right now, but you get the idea that the heart orientation was uh, primary to us, and just how is she doing? How is she doing spiritually? How is she doing with the Lord? We're not expecting, you know, uh, I don't know, great things. I guess I'll say that way. But we we do want her to be growing in in, in the fear of the Lord, the knowledge of the Lord. And to be able to see that to some degree, and um, and and in her connection with us and, and with the church, and so uh, I think it's been a good step there. Okay, there's a lot more to say about that, but let me move on. I'll hit these last three cons uh, fairly quickly. Um, at the Christian school, you can't take sound doctrine for granted. I think you already know that. Real quick story here. A uh, young man from our church, his parents sent him to Christian, a Christian school in the area. Um, I won't tell you which one right now, but um, for his senior year. This was, by the way, this is like 15 plus years ago. 
Uh, he's going to Bible class. He's coming home and he's saying, Dad, you know, the teacher said this. And his dad uh, is looking at the notes and he's, he's talking with the son. He's like, you know what? This sounds like open theism. <laughs> Do you know what open theism is? Open theism is the idea that God doesn't know the future. So right off the bat, he's not sovereign. This is a deep heresy uh, that blasphemes God in his nature. And um, and so there's, this was popular for a little while. It's a bunch of nonsense. But uh, this, this uh, teacher at a Christian school teaching in his Bible class open theism. Things like God needs to pray because God, God doesn't know what's going to happen kind of a thing. And, um, and so uh, this dad goes to the principal or no, no, talks to, the, talks to the teacher first, and the teacher admits he's an open theist, but he tries to downplay the differences, basically saying, you know, I'm really not that different. But he acknowledges that he is. And then he t- and, and so the, fa- the dad here speaks to the principal. The principal has no idea he's an open theist, because in the application process, it wasn't revealed. And, and so he terminates the teacher which I think is a glorious thing. Um, but you see how that slipped in there. And, and, and here's the beauty. In this case, this Christian school, the principal is ready to act. And he's like, no, we're not going to have that. Uh, absolutely not. And as soon as he came to understand that, now maybe he should have known it sooner, but I understand things can slip and, and they, you know, we're not perfect. But he dealt with it immediately. You know, um, well, what if the Christian school was like, yeah, we know, but we think it's good to have a diversity of opinions on these things. Well, well, then it's time to get your kid out of there. Like, this isn't a Christian school, if that's the case. And so you can't take it for granted. Now, what's always a challenge is, and Steve alluded to this, what's worse, a straight-up pagan environment where you know you're among unbelievers, or a pseudo-Christian environment where people feel very assured that they're good with God, even if they can't tell you what the gospel is. Um, there, I think it comes down to degrees, frankly. You know, like, what are the influence? I mean, the problem with the pagan environment is you're, you're asking your children to be at a level of maturity uh, that they're not yet prepared for. Uh, the problem with the pseudo-Christian environment is that um, you're asking your children to discern uh, sound doctrine from false doctrine, and you might even have false teachers on the on the ground there. So it's a challenge. I think it depends on on degrees, but that's something to weigh out. Um, when I think of LCCS, I don't I don't think it's a pseudo-Christian environment. I think it's a Christian environment, even though there would be some things I don't agree with. That kind of thing, and so I think it's an acceptable. By the way, I'm not. But I'm not uh, meaning to endorse or advocate. I'm giving you an example of a Christian school that I would be okay with. And then uh, I'll mention just obviously a, a con about Christian schools cost, and and Lydia actually mentioned that when she's taken over my outline. Uh, but then finally, clicks. I'll mention clicks. Um, again, this kind of goes back to the first one and heart orientation, but it's a little different, meaning 
you know, I know you're going to find, you, you find clicks everywhere. And a lot of times when people complain about clicks, the problem really isn't the relational dynamics of the group, but it's really with them and their, uh, kind of their inability to kind of work with the relational dynamics on the ground. It's like, uh, you know, if I show up somewhere where people have known each other for a long time, I really shouldn't be demanding that they treat me like the oldest member of the group. You know, I, I really need to recognize, like, I'm new to this, and, um, you know, I have to see, you know, see where things go, and I have to trust the Lord. So there, there's uh, there's things like that. And, but the truth is, some kids and some people have a hard time connecting. We see it in the church all the time, and a lot of times the criticism's like, well, the problem is with the, the, the group dynamic, and that has to change. And it's not that the group dynamic is perfect. We know that it's not. But I don't, like, if you're ever in that environment where it's like, you know, the, a parent with a child who's having a hard time connecting, or a teen who's having a hard time connecting, like, I don't know why my, you know, my son's not connecting. And, and you want to help them. And what you want to do is you want to go to the group and you want to say, okay, everybody, you need to start accepting this person just like you accept everybody else and treat them the same and, and include them all the time. And, but, the, but it never works because there's reasons that, that this has happened. And a lot of times there's an opportunity for that individual to learn. Uh, can, really, it's consideration. You know, some you might call it social dynamics or socialization, although socialization is a buzzword and, and there's a lot of garbage can be imported into that. But basically the idea of just relational dynamics that prioritize things like love and consideration and, and, and understand those things. A lot of times that's the problem. But it's not always the problem. And, um, and so there's, a, there's the potential of the challenge to connect that can be sanctifying. So there can be, and, and I think parents need to kind of try to figure that out. Like, is this a a sanctifying experience that my my son or daughter needs to be in. Um, when I was on the varsity basketball team, the coach didn't play me, and uh, and it was, some of his calls were questionable. And and if you've been around schools for a while, like I, I've seen at LCCS, I've seen a terrible coach, sweet lady. One of the best for her, but she was she had no idea who she should, should be playing or how to win a game, and it was just like you just hate that because you want your kids to have a good experience. But I never once complained to her because I don't want to just load her up with something that she can't possibly change. You know, well, sure enough, the school did the right thing and they got a good coach in, and the good coach all of a sudden they're winning games and the kids are having success and they're learning skills and it's like okay. And that's the difference a coach or a teacher can make. You know, there there are differences there. Um, but um, oh, when I was on the basketball team, I'm in that situation, and 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 my dad's thinking maybe I should just tell Peter to quit because he's feeling bad for me. He's like, you know, there's no sense in just like getting beat up. And they thought, no, I think this is a good sanctifying experience for him. And, uh, and it was. It was a good experience for me to, to hang in there. So you, you make those calls. However, um, when there's clicks and, and, it's, and it's your kid who's not connecting, um, obviously you don't, want, you don't want personal offense to be what drives this. 
but it can cause deep and, and, and you know, very personal pain to that child, especially if there's a bullying element. And um, I'm still working through this myself because I'm of the mentality, like, if you're getting bullied as a boy, for that matter as a girl, uh, but especially as a boy, like, you, you have to stand up to that bully. Because if you don't, you become a target. And when, and when the Lord talks about turning the other cheek, I don't think he's talking about school bullies. But I recognize that, that that application can be made, and so I'm still working that out. I can tell you that in my own bullying experience, when I punched that bully in the face, um, he never bothered me again. <laughs> and and, and it, it really set everything in order. You know, that was in eighth grade. Yeah, it was eighth grade, right? Seventh or eighth grade. Might have been seventh. But man, that changed. It changed everything. I, well, I didn't come home and tell them. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I became close friends with the with the guy, you know, and I think it helped him to stop being as much of a bully, you know, and a lot of good came through that moment. But it took it took a, a line in the sand and a confrontation, like, no, you're not gonna treat me like that. And if I get beat up in the process, I get beat up. But you're 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 going to get beat up too, <laughs> you know. And uh, but it changed everything. So, um, but my point is the relational stuff, especially among girls. I think it can be really challenging. Um, and I think um, there's something about the smaller classes. This probably is true in private schools in general. And so maybe it's just the, like the size of the group. So my Christian school was actually a decent size. We had about 70 kids in my graduating class. That's a decent size um, for a Christian school. And so there was the opportunity for, diff- for, for kids to kind of find their place in different friend groups and not feel isolated. But even there, I know, I, know, I mean, there's always kids that, you know, kind of, they just struggle socially. And, uh, and I do think it's those... You know, when you're dealing with like, I don't know, 15 to 100 people, there's a lot of opportunity to kind of get, maybe not at 100, but, you know, going down from there, there's a lot of opportunity to kind of get lost on the outside. And and I think a parent needs to, you just, you, you want to know your child, you want to be talking with them. If they're in that place, you want to kind of discern, is God working in them? Is this the kind of thing that he's going to use to sanctify them? Or, or is this just so destructive that you really just need to get them out of there and get them in a different environment and try, you know, maybe try something different? Because I, I think I have seen both of those. Okay, uh, we're right, uh, we're a little over an hour, so um, I'll call them. Let me just put my head out here. Man, those people are going to be talking forever. <laughs> so let's just take a, another few minutes. Uh, I, I do need to get on to some other things today. But um, anyone have any thoughts about what I said? Any questions? Or maybe there's another con, or for that matter, a pro that's come to mind regarding Christian school. And it's fine if you don't, but you know, we want to have a little conversation, we can. taking it all in because all my experience is public school mm. so and I feel like five years ago if you would have asked me I would have been like oh 100% we're going to do public school yeah but then the world has changed and I learn more things and I'm like 
I don't know what we're gonna do, yeah. but I mean, you're talking like extracurricular. Like I was very involved in music yeah. and marching band. Yes. Not that I want to force my child into what no. I did, but. But those are wonderful it's, things, and yeah. 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 And it breaks my heart that the world's not like that anymore. Yeah. You know, it's changed so much. And he's, like you said, five years ago. Yeah. I mean, things have... I mean, it, it was coming for a long time, but it's right. really right. hit critical mass now. We have no idea where we're going to go. So, yeah. there's yeah. a little time. Yeah. Thank God for that. Yes. I guess I have one question. On, like, thinking there's time, I think I've always had the approach to that. We'll evaluate every year yeah. each kid. But then also that the benefit for a kid to be having the same thing. Yes. You touched on that. Yeah. I don't know if there's more or like that you guys have experience too. Of my experience and my siblings' experience, we all kind of had a little bit of. We never did something the straight K through twelve. Yeah. So it was a little bit, but then some of us were like a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah. Some of us had a little bit more. Like we did this than that, and I'm not. I think I could see both. I think the sure. point of it does make sense to like evaluate each kid, like your example, Miss Yan, and that. Like that would be that was more my experience too. Like, mm. Oh, relational dynamics, in and out, different things. But yeah, how you gauge that then, like knowing that it does benefit them. Just yeah. thinking of little too. I, right. And because when we were young, we all did this. We did the same thing for like elementary. It was more uh-huh. about the older years. What did you guys do? Homeschool for elementary. So homeschool. I'm the fourth, so I'm a homeschool. Till Sarah was eighth grade, and then she sent us all. But we went to it was a two-room schoolhouse through the public school oh, system. So yeah. It was very like interesting. I would like I'm like trying to figure out how to classify now. Like every day we would go and we would have like it wasn't homeschool aspect, but it because there was two kids in one grade. Like it was like four grades in one room. Wow. So it felt probably like a co-op every day. Yeah. Kind of thing. So. Are you it sure was it wasn't unique. a chart? Was it a charter school? It wasn't. It was like a unique thing. It closed my grade year. It was wow. part of yeah. the, I think the Amish community reached out. Yeah. I, that's what I was going to joke. The government, it's like public Amish schooling. It was. And it was. So that's, that's amazing. Like, it was, that there were Amish and Mennonite. And we yeah. were like a handful of us English. And so when I think about it, too, I was like, oh yeah, but my experience at elementary, I was there first through eighth, or second through eighth. But I was still in like a minority. Because it was mainly older men, like more somebody, right. so oh. they're wearing dresses, I'm wearing pants, I'm different. Right. And then I went to public school after that, like high school. Um, but I had that like same thing, like a chunk. And I just yeah. thought, I'm like, oh, like, we're going to evaluate every year. Like, what if, like, every, like, oh, every year or two, we like do something different, or right. like how that would affect them long term. Or it's, you try to get into it, but the goal would be to have some structure, I guess, but there's, bigger things to yeah I don't, I don't know what else. Like if you have any more thoughts on that yeah well I think you're um, I think there's grace you know so because there may be there may be like you might be thinking okay I, I think this is a good direction for my child and, and, and Lord willing you know he or she'll be able to do this for six years or you know and graduate from this program and and, and, but then something might happen the very next year and you have to make a change, you know, and then something, and it's not ideal. And so you're, you really want to do this over here, but you can't, you have to wait a year before you can do it. So you have to make another change, you know. I think there's grace for all, whatever the Lord puts in front of you, there's grace for it. It's just that um, uh, steadiness, I think, in ge- is in general an opportunity for people to thrive. Whereas kind of like that illustration of being uprooted, you know, then you have to be planted again and kind of get your roots set before you can start to grow. 
it, it's a good illustration, but it's not it's not a hard fast rule because God's used, you know, all kinds of schooling all over the world, you know, uh, to educate, and um, there's there's plenty of grace. I just think in in our parenting responsibility, we want to be mindful, and even that idea. I don't mean to make it like um, this this overly. I don't mean to make it sound like this overly rigorous process that. You know, like you're evaluating an employee, you're gonna, you know, have a, you're gonna do research through the year, and then you're gonna pull it all together and have a sit down interview, and like, okay, let's talk about how you did this year. Um, it doesn't have to be that. You know, it can be conversations with your husband through the year. This is the way Grace and I do it. Like the way I do it is as she's as she's bringing things to me, and I'm observing things. I'm starting to put ideas together, and and then on some of our dates, we're talking about it, and. Um, and then, you know, uh, like Lydia mentioned, you know, you get the, the Christian school deadline to register is like way early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it always takes me off guard. It's like, I'm not ready for this decision. Yeah. But um, we've kind of been like, you know what? It, it's in the Lord's hands. Like, if we end up registering late and there's a space for, for her, that's, that's fine. If not, that's fine too. And that'll be part of the decision. Mm-hmm. But just kind of in our own ongoing, like, how are our kids doing? Part of that is, well, what method are we choosing for school? That's essentially how it goes. Yeah. Want to add anything? Yeah, I, I would say the same. Um, it kind of creeps up on you, but it's good to just have that conversation around. Another thing that helped for us was, like, okay, so it always feels like this pressure. Like, if one kid is struggling when you're like, oh, so what are we going to do next year? Like, half of the year, we're like, should we start for school next year? Well, that's even like practical things, like what's the start time? Like, yeah. how can I be at two different schools? We wasn't going to anchor for our two oldest, and they're full this year, but we're going to look again next year. But it's like, what's even like the start time? How can I be at LCCS and anchor drop and drop at the same time? There's practical things like that, but what helped us personally, or I think that me, was just learning. Sometimes, like, life is so clear, like, I can't even research another school. But just like in a casual way, either yeah. talking to other people who have kids in another school. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, so. I can kind of in my mind think of Veritas like this. Mm-hmm. These have they, these strengths and weaknesses. And again, like it doesn't have to be like a big thing. I'm just talking about families or looking at their statements online. But just learning about the other options mm-hmm. for me was like, okay, I think I have That's interesting. a good concept yeah. now of what this school's strengths and weaknesses are, this school and this school. So if we have to pivot, it's not so overwhelming. But it really is. I think conversationally is just good. And then ultimately, that's the thing. It's like the Lord, it's in the Lord's hand. Like, the Lord is leading us. He loves our kids. He's provided for our kids better than we could ever imagine. And I'm really trusting that things are working for their good. Mm-hmm. And so even for like things, you know, I, I had some parents this past year be like, oh, I already requested that next year my kid has this teacher. And I'm like, you know what? Especially for Elizabeth, she has special medical needs. Mm-hmm. And, it could be tricky for her to be around certain kids and certain teachers because she's going to get emotionally upset too. And it's one of those things that, like, you know what, Lord, I can just trust you. Like, yeah, I could reach out and be like, I, I need you, I'm going to request this teacher, but like historically, the Lord has provided for Elizabeth in amazing ways. Like, He just, it's Him. Like, even the situations we've had medically, just other things in her life, she has a full time CNA that attends school with her, certified nurse assistant. She's always had pre pre K. Just his provisions for that. It's like I can trust that he is going to make those decisions right. and make it for her good. Yeah. And so if you feel like, you know, it's just that leading, like and the other thing is like being in agreement with my husband. 
like if we're in agreement on something, if we're not, like let's actually sit down and try to talk about it. Mm. But I feel like his leadership in it and his sense of what we should do, even though I'm like, I could be freaking out about something, like I can defer to my husband and be like, honey, just what do you think? Like, do you make the decision? Because mm. I'm really not sure. I'm mm. kind of a mess. Or right now, this is in life, it feels, it feels too overwhelming. Sorry. It's when you said I'm kind of a mess, he was like, yeah. That's what he was doing. Really? No, he wasn't doing it. <laughs> but yeah, just, I feel like that's, that's just really helpful too. Just like, you know, your husband can make more decisions if you're not sure, and you can always trust the Lord to guide you in it. And like you said, I really appreciated what you said is that, like, the school can become, it can become in your kid, it, like, the loudest voice. Yeah. And I think we're navigating that too. Like, how do we, especially in the teen years, yeah. like, how do we actually help that? to not become the loudest voice and the biggest influence in our life. Um, but then I could be like that too, like school is so important, and it is, but it has its place, and ultimately their foundation is in the home. Yes. So. And God will use that in their lives too. Because yes. I'm like looking back, I'm like, well, sports would have been my life in that mm-hmm. teenage, pre-teen, those years. Mm-hmm. And, but God's used that, like, because there was more like, a firm foundation and it wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I could see that with relationships one of the things that I think is helpful although it's not it's not like it um, made an immediate like difference in their attitude and everything was great but what I did do is just you know I'm just talk to my kids like hey I appreciate your school friends so I'm, I'm acknowledging that making room for I want them to have fun with their friends in an appropriate setting and way uh, but we are going to church, you know, you're coming to this event, you're going to DOXA, you know. Uh, um, they've heard me complain about, you know, the soccer team going on retreat every year and, you know, wanting to go on a Sunday. I'm like, no, you're not going on a Sunday. You, you belong with the family in a church. And, and no, you're not taking communion with the soccer team. <laughs> Forget about that, you know. That's and that's how mixed up it gets, you know. But but in other words, take you know, bringing those conviction, those biblical convictional stands, and calling them to that. But at the same time, acknowledging the good, and, and you know, you know, helping them understand I'm for them in it. Uh, but then just being firm in that over time, I think is uh, is real uh, grace to our kids, you know. Um, even though they might not appreciate it at the time. Well, I'm going to let you all go. Uh, Thank you very much. I hear them out there, so you're probably the last class to go. My apologies. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Thanks for taking this class and not leaving me hanging here. I was going to go out there and hang over the balcony and be like, nobody's in my class. Yeah, right. Thanks for making some priority for the churches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a gospel issue. Yeah. huge and even even today like coming out and saying and Julie you know this was the first time we came out and and said the public school is the least preferable we've never done that before you know and it was always like hey you know we're not like Steve said earlier we don't call any of these methods inherently sinful right it's just that where we're at now we're we're getting close to the point where like I don't know if we can do this anymore you know now we think we can, you know, and, and our our goal is not to judge anyone but to equip them and help them. Brother. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Chris, my regards.
That's good. That's good. There he is now. We're no, I know she's like only two, but we're yeah. considering preschool and like how I guess it's like yeah. not obviously I don't want to like just send her to like some random church or something, yeah, yeah. but like how important is that as far as like the theology would be right, with right. that, like Yeah. Well, unless they're gonna dress her up in voice clothes every day. Right. I think you're probably okay as long you know, the main thing is Will they, will they care for her? Will they yeah. treat her in kindness right. and, and uh, those kind of questions, yeah. you know? But I do, I do, you know, it is, it, it, it's reassuring if they're actual believers as well. Right. But um, just keep a close eye on it, yeah. you know. No, you know, um, even the best babysitters yeah. are never going to love your child the way right. you love your child. Right. You know? So just keep an eye on it. Right. And and I'd say it, as much as you can minimize yeah. uh, that. Yeah. You know. But I understand there's a time for it. You yeah. Know. So we have like a base education. I feel like she's like yeah. and very interested in different things. Yeah. So it's it's not so much like oh like a babysitter, yeah, but yeah. just to kind of get her. That's a great. Yeah. 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 And and uh, that could be a real blessing. Yeah. How did the preschool? For one year, we were in Stonington, Prussia, and she loved it. But she also came home with, uh, you know, her little heart was upset at times because yeah. there was a girl there that was, you know, was faster than her. And <laughs> I just remember this. Oh, I, I, you don't know how I wish I could go back to, to those times. Yeah. yeah. I looked in. I think one of the churches in Millersville had yeah. it. And I looked up like the director on Facebook. Uh-huh. And they something about, like, I don't know, pride or something. And I was like, uh, yeah. no, I'm not doing that. Not one. that one. Painful. You know, the other thing, too, is, um, like, let's say let's say you, you have another child and, and um, you're homeschooling. Well, like, in our case, Hope was around when Hannah was, was homeschooling. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we call it homeschool, but it was online school. Right. And um, there's a... There's almost a preschool element in that. Yeah, that's you know, true. Even though it's, it's hard and there's yeah. it's distracting. But all that to say, you know, being that she's the first and, and yeah. only at this point. Um, Such a lie. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe, you know, maybe this would be a good yeah. period, you know, yeah. to get her a little. How old is she? She's two. Two. two and okay, and a half yeah. Uh, yeah. So precious, Julie. Lord bless you guys. We're actually, um, Anna and Sophia are going to come with us. We're going to go to Carol Irks and we're going to feed the animals. And That's awesome. Do a little lunch. That's awesome. I'm going to head this way. <laughs> awesome. There she's looking at you. Hello. See you, Joy.
Everybody, all these uh, people are ready to school their kids. Mm. <laughs> hey, uh, did I ever get back to you on your text? No. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's okay. Going to do. It got yeah. buried. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was great, yeah. by the way. Uh, your, your decision. No, it's like yeah. next, um, next weekend. Next week. Yeah, I think no, that's the really, first weekend in June. Uh, did it seem like a good? Yeah. It seemed, seemed like you thought it was a good match for you. Yeah. Yeah. When I was looking at it, I was really impressed with the website. Oh, I was really glad that really they were able to get emphasis on like, you mean next Sunday? Not, I mean, not tomorrow. Professional. No, 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 was super I'm trying to yeah. find some I meant to get back to you, I just put in the moment and then I got buried. So I'm oh, yeah, sorry for that too right away. Let's let's do this. Um, well okay. I'll encourage um, you to take you know like, try a class um, and see you know, see how it goes. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. But but like talk with us about how it's going. Yeah. Yeah. I'd really like yeah. to uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, if any questions come get up, a, get a golf cart. Like, right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or if it's like, this is really good, you know, here's a great you can drive the golf cart, I'll be on the back. Um, <laughs> just be in touch with your speed. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I'm it's really curious, I'm really curious how this, um, this program does. And, um, you know, the thing about Baptists are there's such a range of practice and you know Baptists can be a little quirky like some of them are very fundamentalist yes. like we talked about yeah. and there's strands within that you know. yeah. so I'm not exactly sure what you're going to experience from these guys uh, but it looks like a good program because you'll be the first one I know going to a class with them yeah I'll definitely make sure it's good and it definitely is affordable though isn't it I mean it's yeah. like it was wild. Yeah. I was looking at it. It's like, pretty good. Yeah. It's like seventy dollars a class and just three hundred seventy-five a semester to be enrolled. That's fantastic. Well, I guess both. Yeah, and then probably Yeah. Well, good. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll be in touch. <laughs> oh, she's, where's she at? Oh, she's with Seattle. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I'm, I'm excited now knowing I'm going to go home and see her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's funny because she's, like, for us, she's such a ham, like, all the time, always, like, doing stuff. But then I, apparently when we put her in class and when Hannah isn't there, she's, like, very reserved. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's hope yeah. it lasts for a while. Yeah. Hey. hey, I, I don't mean to interrupt. Uh, no, no. Yeah. Um, <coughs> we're we're supposed we were planning on coming over for lunch tomorrow. Yeah. But I know that Grace is not not feeling good, so I just kind of wanted to like. Oh, thank you. To be like, hey, plan on coming. Plan on coming. Okay. I think she's recovering. So, um, in fact, I'm sure she's recovering. Good. So, and we're going to have our lunch anyway, so okay. just come. Yeah, we'll have yeah. to eat anyway. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah. We want to get pizza. We are going to, uh, I think tomorrow we're going to oh, Audrey Gaines, right? Yeah. Did uh, you know that? No, 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 but that's okay. I'm, I'm yeah. Like, we'll, we'll do whatever. So I think we're, le I don't know, I think we have to leave like 2.30 or maybe a little earlier. Yeah. Because it's up in Mannheim. It's fine. Yeah. And of course you're welcome to come if you want to go to a soccer game. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> hey, what are those, slippers? Yeah, they're my ugly shoes, but they're, they're nice. Cool. They're cool. They look they look very comfortable. They are very comfortable, and you know what I love about are them? Are they hey dudes? They are uh, Birkenstocks. <laughs> they're Birkenstocks. Oh, are they really? <laughs> and do you know what? I don't know what I hey just like to say is. hey dudes. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. It's some they're shoe that a bunch shoes. of guys are wearing now. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I think I do. Yeah. Um, I bought these because my girls keep their house freezing cold in the winter, and <laughs> I wear like two pairs of socks yep. in their house, and yeah. they're big socks. Yeah. And then I was like wearing these little heel boots to go out oh, and no. I have to go upstairs and find the little tiny yeah, socks. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a pain, right? So they bought these. <laughs> That's, That's hilarious. brilliant though. Yeah, well we'll play tomorrow by the but we'll make sure we're Just there. come. Look at me your excuses. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, I'm supposed no. to know how she's doing. I wouldn't want to be grouping if I had headaches. Yeah, well we'll see. Well, if, if she can't if she cook, we'll get some well. out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's why we're... Okay. I'm gonna head home. All right. Yeah. So. Love you. See you, Jazz. See you tomorrow. What is this?